Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we today? Doing well. How you doing, buddy? As always. Excellent, excellent. It's uh, it's nice to see your faces once a week. Um, I'm Nick Sawyer. Welcome to the Shovel Pass Podcast. This week we're uh, we're here with Phil Heim and Will Sawyer, and our man Chris is uh, out of the office. We'll just say that. <laughs> That's okay. I think we've got plenty enough opinions this week to uh, to go around. So we had another fun week in the NFL. We had a few upsets. We had a few what um, Phil said were statement games, which I agree. Teams reasserting themselves and showing us who they were supposed to be a few weeks ago or at the beginning of the season. So that was great. So we're going to start off with uh, let's just go around the table and do some weekly takeaways slash updates. What um, what jumped out to you this week, Will? And well, I mean, for me, Dallas coming back to themselves, uh, you know, partly uh, Dak getting back to obviously healthy, but it was more than that. The The defense showed up. They were kind of getting back that kind of swagger that they had just a few games back and getting after the ball. Um, what was it? Jordan, Jordan Lewis was a maniac on the field and uh and who's we got jordan trayvon lewis? sorry who's jordan lewis <laughs> he, he's one of the d's for okay all right he was great good um, good anyways and then and then uh, trayvon diggs uh coming up with an eighth interception number he's, eight he's in rarefied air now and, uh, you know, he's still got a lot of season left. And I don't think I don't think quarterbacks are going to go away from him as hard as we thought they might. Uh, he's just a little bit too risky with uh, how much he's willing to bait quarterbacks that they just they can't say no. Um, he takes some chances. They still don't believe that he's quite what he may have showed at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But he's got hands like his brother. So, man, yeah. like the ball is is anywhere within arm's reach and he is coming down with it. Yeah. yeah so he's he started hands and guys covering. Oh, he exactly. Does. He's he a receiver. Yeah. He's better than the receivers. So he started the season with seven interceptions in six games. And now we are through 10 weeks. Uh, nine games for the Cowboys. Yes. They've had their bye. All right, nine games for the Cowboys, and he's at eight. So we knew this was going to slow down a little bit. There's no way he was going to keep up the pace that he set for himself at the beginning of the season. But he's got eight, and he's got eight games remaining. So we're looking at the all-time record is 14, right? By Set by Will. Night Train Lane. Night Train Lane. I think that's out of reach. I think we Four, we had this conversation a few weeks ago, you and I, and yeah. I think we decided 14 is not going to happen. But we set the over-under at 10? I think so. I think that's what we said. I can't remember, but I think it was 10. So 10 would put him up there at the top of the best DB's season list like best seasons by a db ever i think after night train lane there's someone with 12 i want to say i don't recall i'm kind of shooting from the hip here yeah okay (laughs) i'm kind of shooting from the hip here anyways he's got eight more games to chase that record i would love to see him 
get it. But, you know, records were made to be broken, but I think that's a little far-fetched. So I still feel like 10 is probably a, a decent number, although he has a pretty good chance to get two more, you know, through the rest of the season and uh and and finish off with more than 10 so i don't know what do you think phil uh i'm just kind of well i think he can definitely he's got definitely a shot at hitting 10 i'm just kind of getting lost in the stats right now i'm finding it really fascinating that the majority of guys who've had 10 or more interceptions in a season were before 1960 which i'm finding incredibly fascinating to look at so i gotta take a deeper spread uh at these numbers here but uh yeah i think trayvon's got a really great shot at um at hitting kind of 10 interceptions this year I think like we saw even uh, going back to the Patriots game, the duality of kind of having a pick six. And then, I mean, granted, Will, you'll argue back and say that he wasn't responsible for the Kendrick Bourne touchdown. But, you know, he does play a riskier style of defense in general. You know, he kind of does that to bait quarterbacks and make them throw. So I think he's going to he's going to put himself in position to get more picks. Whether or not that helps the Dallas D will remain to, remains to be seen, I think. But I think he's <laughs> going to he's going to get himself in spots to get picks. And I think if anyone can get to 10, it's going to be him. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. I mean, uh, um, the the issue with his risky play will be if he stops actually catching them. If he if he stops actually getting the interceptions, the rate at which he's going is absolutely beneficial to the team, in my opinion. In spite of you know the the few off plays that uh, that he gives up a bunch of yards or or even a touchdown. Those turnovers have been instrumental in uh, just snuffing out teams. And so I think it's still well worth it as long as he's successful. The issue is if he starts having a few off weeks and he's doing the bait without without actually catching any fish. It really comes down to how many touchdowns is he giving up to get yeah. those interceptions, right? And right now he's not giving up you know, a whole lot to get those interceptions, so... Um, yeah, fun to watch. Let's keep we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and and you know, I'm rooting for him. I'd like I'd like to see him. Same. I'd like to see him get paid. I mean, he's a few years away from a contract, right? But you know, so Dallas, Dallas is back. I mean, I don't know that they really went away. They had a rough week last week, and uh, Dak was out it was, for it was a really of just weeks. the Dak injury. Yeah, yeah Dak was, was really out for a couple weeks, right? But now he's back, and he looked like himself this week. And Dallas looked like who we thought they were at the beginning of the season. They look formidable again. And, and I'm looking for them to run through the rest of the season strong and, and head into the playoffs optimistic. Yeah. So, and, all and right. They got Michael Gallup back and yeah, they got Micah Parsons hitting on all cylinders. And it's just, they're fun to watch for me right now. <laughs> Is there D line hole yet? He didn't know. Don't think there, so. Or is it still banged up? They're still missing a couple of guys, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, so once they get healthy, then look out, right? Okay. Exactly. Buffalo back. I mean, again, Buffalo kind of I, – I said this last week, right? They, they seem like that high-performance car that springs a leak every so often. I don't know. They won this week. They won big. But is anybody really surprised? They killed the Jets. I mean, come on. And I will – I'm not going to give you a high say- five for that. I will also say their blowout of the Jets was not nearly as devastating as the Patriots' blowout of the Jets was. <laughs> so I will say, like I'm saying, like yes, they're back in a sense that congrats, you beat the Jets with Mike White at quarterback throwing four interceptions. But to me, it's also like you said, uh, Nick, they are a bit of a kind of they are a bit of a malfunctioning sports car. They are a BMW. They're like you got to take them to the mechanic every now and then, right? So <laughs> yeah. that's the issue with Buffalo. It seems they, got, they don't have the store tires on yet. But um, yeah, that's the thing is uh, I, I don't think that. With the way that you know uh, Patriots are playing the, in the AFC East as well, like that they're going to have a, a clear shot at the throne anymore. But um, I think as far as being back, they're doing well enough. Let's hope they can keep tuning up the Jets every week. But <laughs> that's not always <laughs> yeah. the case. So, hey. yeah. hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Claps all around. Okay, Kansas City. Uh, I watched the game last night, and so I've been hearing a lot. T- today has been full of. Mahomes is back. They're out of their slump. Look at Kansas City go. They're, you know, they're back to their old, you know, high-scoring selves. And Mahomes did this for the third time, I guess. He threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. So that's all great. But when I watched the game, honestly, I didn't feel like the game was as much of a 
drubbing as the score showed. The Raiders were in it into the third quarter. And what it came down to was turnovers. It, I mean, the fact that, yes, Kansas City was scoring almost like every time they had the ball. Fair enough. I'm not, I'm not minimizing that. But the Raiders were keeping with them, and it was a couple of key turnovers. One being Deshaun Jackson caught the ball, got twisted around. He, I don't even think he knew which way was, which way he was supposed to run, and the, he got the ball punched out. So he fumbled the ball away, and Kansas City turned it into points. Carr threw a pick, which again was, you know, ill-timed, and it was in the third quarter, I believe third, fourth quarter. So, I mean, the game kind of turned at that point. But what I will say is that as much as Mahomes looked better and he was making some splashy plays, he had that left-handed shovel pass right at the beginning of the game and it kind of set the stage and, and set the tone for the game. He was making some spectacular throws, but it kind of felt like a Brett Favre performance. Like everything broke his way. And a couple throws that shouldn't have been thrown go the other way, and we've, we're telling a different story. He, the, the Raiders dropped two interceptions, dropped them, had them dead to rights in their hands, and dropped them. He threw a touchdown to the what's that running back's name? It was a like Daryl Williams. Yeah, Daryl Williams. Heave ho, like aired it out, threw it up for grabs, and Williams made a spectacular catch over the DB for the touchdown. I'm sorry, but it he should not have thrown that, and I'm not giving him a high five for that either. That very easily could have been intercepted. So a few plays go the wrong way for Mahomes, and all of a sudden this game is not ending the way it did. <laughs> So, but isn't that his brand? Isn't he the modern farm anyways? Isn't that kind of what he does? I, like, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. There's definitely times when he is that. Um, I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm not quite as quick to say, okay, all is well. He's right back to what he was. The Kansas City well, Chiefs. It, are- especially because one of the issues that he's had this year is turning the ball over. Yeah. yeah. And, and so – being on that fine line between, you know, I always call it the, the Favre Kitna uh, <laughs> line. <laughs> the there, Favre there's Kitna not, scale, yeah. Yeah, there's not that much separating Favre and Kitna, but Favre was just that little bit better and it made all the difference in his career. Um, Kitna was For anybody just- listening who's too young to know, go look up John Kitna. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> He 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 was uh, you know pre Jameis Jameis, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially the anti Brett Favre. Yeah, you know, like to sling just, it like just Brett, that little bit just, too yeah. risky. It's just a, a little too risky, a few inches off here and there, and you know, threw way more interceptions. So, all right, so that's all I'll say about Casey. I'm just tempering my uh, optimism a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't as spectacular as it sort of sounds like everyone's saying it is today. So, it, it was more for me um, a little bit of a downer for the Raiders than it was an up for the for the Chiefs. That that was kind of how yeah. I felt. I felt like the Raiders didn't come out with their best game, and uh, and I don't know whether they're going to slide in this division or if they're going to bounce back. It's difficult. Right. Well, that's that's a tough one. Um, all right, and then uh, Philip. How do you feel about Cam being back in Carolina? I love it. Uh, I'm someone who was always a big kind of Cam Newton fan growing up with uh, his career kind of being the peak for, I think, for uh, guys my age, my kind of uh, peers in, in uh, NFL fans. We kind of grew up with uh, with the Cams in the world kind of ripping the uh, the S under his, under his uh, pad. So I'm really happy Cam's back. Superman and Dab. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I loved all of it, right? So. I've always been a big Cam fan. I always pretended that if I would be a quarterback, I'd be like Cam, not really realizing the fact that I'd actually be more like Big Ben, <laughs> just a rocket. But I think it's I think the NFL is better when Cam's in it, and I think the fact that he had his welcome back to the NFL in the same building against the same team that he had, you know, he really tore the league on fire as a rookie ten years ago. I think is really something else. So I'm happy Cam's back in the league. And what I think is actually really interesting is what does Cam being signed by the Panthers say already for Sam Darnold? 
right? Like this, it's oh, it's over. It's, it's over immediately, right? It like says it's over, and yeah. that's and that's another thing that I think is really fascinating about this whole cam back thing is it's like what an emphatic way to say bye bye to Sam Darnold. You know what I'm saying? Like we bring back uh, Cam, and now nobody even talks about it. it's like Sam who literally. It's like hooray Cam. Now where'd Sam go? So well, it's funny how Cam left, and he was like sour grapes. He was bitter when they the way they they kicked him out the door. And then he goes back. He's, oh, yeah, cool. All right, I'll come back. And and we all saw the memes this week where, where you know, Carolina Pan, Carolina is paying Cam's replacement, Cam's replacement's replacement, yeah. and Cam. <laughs> yeah, to come back. Which, it's... which is hilarious. Yeah, but it's great. I thought it was, it was really cool. He comes back, two plays, two touchdowns. Welcome back, Cam. It's funny, it, it almost felt to me a little bit like uh, a New Orleans game from last year where Breeze didn't necessarily have the arm that he once did, but super efficient with the ball. P.J. Walker had a 75% completion percentage. And he played most of the game, but you gave Cam Newton seven plays, and he gave you two touchdowns. That, that That's a big deal. That's all he does, man. That's all he knows <laughs> how to do is score touchdowns. You know, so they put him on the field when they needed a score, and he, and he delivered. Um I feel like he will probably grow into that uh, starting role fairly quickly. I don't know that yeah, they're going to. I mean, they, they re-signed him. him. They, they gave him a decent contract too. They're not paying yeah. him like veteran minimum here. I think he's getting paid but, four and a half million dollars for the rest of the season or something. I mean, it's not. Or something. Yeah. Anyways, okay. And, so the and, last and thing I want to uh, the Canadian uh, Chuba Hubbard coming down. Oh, yeah. TV yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. No clue. Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, he's been making a name for himself for sure. All right. And the last thing I'll I, say, I, I just want to touch on this before we move on to the next uh, next little uh, uh, subject here. I, uh, I I had a week to kind of sit and think about it. And I was <laughs> I was perhaps a little hard on Odell last week. I was feeling like he was a problem child and he needed to go and uh, don't sign him and he's done and all of this. I've maybe softened my stance a little bit. You know, I... I I sat down and I watched a highlight reel of him today that they had running on NFL network. And it was kind of like all of his highlights from his whole career. And man, was he good. <laughs> like I say was. Yeah. With the asterisk that maybe he still is. I don't know. But man, watching those giants highlights, this dude was crazy good when he would take those slants and explode through the secondary like i forgot how fast he was nobody could touch him nobody could catch him so you know what in hind i mean the other part of it too is i mean he was in cleveland i mean it is cleveland this is cleveland we're talking about (laughs) we all know what cleveland has been for our entire lives and that's just where careers what they've done to <laughs> yeah, every so. good player. <laughs> so maybe this really could be like a Randy Moss revival, you know, from the Raiders, you know, when he went from the Raiders to the Patriots and, and, and Odell finds his form again after he leaves that God awful place <laughs> and, and is reborn in LA. I don't know. We'll see. Perhaps I'm being a little hyperbolic here, but I'm 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 feeling a little more excited and optimistic about Odell finding his form again because that would be really great. It'd be great to tonight, watch, right? It'd be great for the league. Yeah, no, just suck tonight, and then after that we can get on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. What do we got next? Um, Russell Wilson. So, Russell Wilson. Hurt his finger as a quick recap. He tore some ligaments in his finger, I believe, on his throwing hand. He had surgery, what, six weeks ago? So I don't know exactly how, how many games did he miss. Four, five, six, something like that. Something like Anyways, that. he comes back last night. He's had the surgery. He's rehabbed. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Or not last night. When was it? Yeah, I guess yesterday. He plays the uh, Packers. And he looks awful. What were his stats, Will? Oh. 20 for 40, 
100 yeah, yards? 20, 20 for 40, 161 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Blech. Yikes. So my question is, clearly he's still hurt. Clearly he was not ready to play. So why play him? Why would you put him on the field? Why why put him on the field at Lambeau to get shut out for the first time in 166 games starting as, as his starting quarterback for the Seahawks? Why do it? Geno wasn't that bad. I mean, the Seahawks weren't a very good team, but Geno wasn't, I mean, he was no Nathan Peterman. So no, that's it. Russell went out and had a 39.7 quarterback rating. Woof. Yeah. Like to me, that's, you should have been on the bench. Um, but what's also a little bit weird to me is that they asked him to throw 40 passes. Like Alex Collins yeah. had a, had a four yard per carry average, 4.1 yard per carry average on the day. And they only handed him the ball 10 times. Why? Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Green Bay was was dummying them. It was it wasn't a shootout. It's not like they had to throw to keep up with Green Bay. Rogers didn't look very good either. Yeah, one ten days off with COVID. Like, yeah, he didn't look very good. I mean, granted, the Packers have a, probably a top five defense, but yeah, I don't know. I just still. it seemed very strange to me. I don't know why you would do that. So that I, there's not a real easy or not a real smooth segue to this, but um, is Russ going to be in Seattle next year? I hope for his sake. No. <laughs> um, I hope he goes somewhs that has a brilliant offensive coach. I hope Eric B takes a head coaching job somewhere. And then I hope he handpicks Russell Wilson to join him wherever he decides to go. Um, but I think the likelihood is that Russell stays in Seattle at least next year. And then probably, Hits the road in 2023. I mean, the question is, I mean, there's no doubt he's an exceptional quarterback. But is would you ever make that decision that it's worth more to get, you know, three first round picks and a starting player to, to bolster your team and give up Russell Wilson? I don't know. I mean, I think my answer is no. You keep him. But... It's also very difficult having DK there and sitting there going, yeah, we're going to give up an all-time quarterback while we have DK sitting here to restart. Whoa. Like, you might waste three or four of the best years of DK's career or more finding the next Trying to find a quarterback, yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I, I don't think I would make that decision. I'm just putting the question out there, you know. I feel like he, was, said I that, mean, he, he wasn't very would, happy this past offseason. I would off love season. to see Russell force his way out and go and play in New Orleans. With Michael Thomas coming back from injury next year, Marcus Callaway coming into his second year, uh, Alvin Kamara maybe coming back healthy, Sean Payton. That, that seems like a very nice little situation for Russell to walk yeah. into. Um, yeah, that'd be if, fun. If he could make it work. Um, it's, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to force his way out or if he'll have that yeah. motivation, but it'd be I feel fun. like if I'm Seattle, I try and find a way to make him happy because he, you need to, you need to try and make him happy. Like there's no point in keeping him if, if he's just going to sit there pissed off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just, it's a question I've seen bandied about a couple of times. I don't know whether how, how reasonable it is, but yeah. Anyways. As, the difficult as, as thing aside, to... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Mine's, <laughs> mine's nothing. Um, one of the things I was going to say is a difficult element of that choice is that I would say Russell Wilson is a, not just face of the tra- franchise, but a generational face of the franchise. Yep. And... Yep for a team to move on from somebody like that when their performance doesn't necessarily warrant it, that's a big thing to ask of your fan base to trust you on, on giving up on a guy that 
<laughs> you know, on, a, on the face of it, it's a stupid thing to do. Will ask uh, ask Patriots yeah. fans how we feel exactly about that situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if Mac what, Jones what didn't come what along. Do you mean? <laughs> Hey, Mac, what do you mean? Nick, Mac Jones fell into our lap. He, that was not a guarantee when we let him go to Tom Brady. I know, but Come Tom on. Brady's 43 years old. Yeah, and Tom Brady's this for another four Come more on. years when two yeah, Super Bowls. Right, we could have no, had no, no. one of them. This, this is more like if you guys traded Tom Brady for three firsts and a player when, when Garoppolo was sitting there waiting in the wings. That's what it's like. Yeah. I wouldn't hate that. To be honest, that wouldn't be the worst succession at the time. Plan. At the time, right? Yeah, he was late thirties at the time. You're going, well, it's about time to move on. And then Anyways. Jimmy would have spent two thirds of the next three seasons uh, uh, warming the bench because he's injured, and yeah. you guys would have hated him. That <laughs> assumes yeah. you, that we had the instead, training staff. So <laughs> in, instead, instead, you guys fleeced us for a second round pick. <laughs> we fleeced you. Yeah. <laughs> As an aside, all I was going to say is that Alvin Kamara, I was surprised to read this the other day. He's averaging 23 touches a game right now. 23. Damn. Yeah. It's a lot. Anyways. Okay. Moving on. Titans. We talked about them last week, but we're back to them again. They they won again. So they're 8-2 and two now, if I have that correct. Yep. They have seven more games left in the season. And the easiest schedule remaining, as we mentioned last week. The question for you fellows this week is, can they run the table? Can the Titans finish 15-2? and two? Are this Is this the team at the end of the season we're going to be sitting here going, they are clearly the best team in the league? Or, I think if they get past New England in New England two Sundays from now, yes. I think that is the only, when I look at the remaining schedule, because right now they play they play the Texans next, that's a win. Yeah. For the Patriots in Foxborough, that's right. the only one I think is a potential, uh, you know, could go either way. They play mm-hmm. the Jags at home again, that's a win. Uh, in Pittsburgh, who just tied the Detroit Lions, that's a win. Yep. At home against the Niners, sorry, Nikki, that's a win. At home <laughs> against the Dolphins, that is certainly a win too. So I, I and think then the Titan yeah, and Texans. I think they're disciplined. I think they got even without Derrick Henry. I think they have one of the best, sneaky, a sneaky good roster. Um, and I think we're going to see just how good they are. And I think honestly, this might be one of the most fortuitous injuries the Titans could have asked for because what's really going to happen is Derrick Henry's going to come back, heal, uh, healed up from his broken foot with a little more juice back. They're going to have the number one seed, and he's going to come into the playoffs with a full head of steam while everyone else is all banged up. This is kind of an ideal situation for the Titans. So I wouldn't be surprised. Right, he was on that. pace for like almost 500 touches this year, right? Something nuts, yeah. So, so even if he comes back against the Dolphins a tune-up game, which is very possible yeah. for him to come back as, he'll still cross his 1,000 yards. He'll still get that threshold. Uh, he'll you know get the rust off, and then they really hit the, the playoffs with the full head of steam. So I think they can run the table uh, if they get past the Patriots, but that's okay. a big if. Okay, yeah. The Patriots. Suddenly world beaters after taking a Cleveland steamer on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> my, my one... My one concern for them will be how they manage their running game while Derrick Henry, Henry is out. Yeah. Because they had a whopping 66 yards rushing in the game this weekend. So well, that's it. I was just looking up our favorite. Yeah. I just looked up our favorite senior citizen here. And uh, Adrian Peterson has rushed 18 times in a Texans or in a Titans uniform for a grand total of 42 yards. As much as I loved the fact that they signed Adrian Peterson and we got to watch a little more uh, AP before he hangs up the cleats, he's looking his age. <laughs> yeah, uh, Derek yeah, Henry, so far, he is not. <laughs> yeah. No, no, and that that's the thing. So I think they need to find a little bit more room. I don't necessarily expect them to be coming out with, you know, 200 yards rushing in a game, but uh, they need to find a little bit more from their running game because I don't think Tannehill is necessarily the type who's going to go out and win you week in and week out games, especially if the score starts bumping up a little bit. And as much as the rest of their uh, schedule is not good, um, as in easy for them, uh, not good in their opponents. There are going to be some games where their opponents put up some points. 
Yeah, totally. I I I think it's it's uh, a long shot for them to run the table. I feel like one of these games is a trap game. Not sure exactly which one. I think they get past the Titans next week. The Patriots is going to be a hell of a game. That one they could they could lose. Uh Yeah, I don't know. One of these games I don't Steelers, think Niners, Dolphins. Game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any of those three are going to be gimmies. They may not. I think the odds are in their favor on all three, but the odds that they win all three. And Henry's out till the end of the season, isn't he? Like he's basically he might come shelf. back against right. Miami. Okay, he might okay. be back uh, week seventeen, maybe. So I almost think though that it's going to be one of these teams that we don't expect. That's going to knock them off. Like they're going to go out and like lay an egg against the Jaguars or something. Or well, they do play the Texans twice, so who knows? The Texans, yeah, the Texans are just just staring me in the face there. Like next week or watch, they're gonna. Now that we've said all of this, they're gonna go out and lose to the Texans this week. <laughs> well, I I have said Tyrod has a weird sneaky way of winning games without gaudy stats without. Yeah, anything yeah. that that would make you yeah. think he could win the game, and somehow he comes out with right and getting another contract, <laughs> another yeah. another starting job. Somehow, <laughs> guy has nine lives. I I honestly do not understand how he's still a starting quarterback in the league. Like, how is he a starting quarterback and Marcus Mariota is in a backup for the last five years? Because Tyrod Taylor is better than Marcus Mariota. That's exactly right. <laughs> Let's not pretend otherwise. Tyrod Taylor is a better, objectively a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota is. Let's not pretend otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> this week, we had a few upsets. Those being Baltimore losing to Miami, Tampa Bay losing to Washington, Carolina dumping on Arizona. <laughs> and we lumped the Pittsburgh Detroit tie game in here as well because that was just terribly upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> My stomach was upset after that one. <laughs> oh, so, man. All right, let's start with Baltimore, Miami. Baltimore loses to Miami yeah, last sure. Thursday. Um, they looked just, they just looked bad. It was a garbage fire. Miami, I didn't think looked all that. I didn't think they looked that great. Um, do we take anything away from this other than who the hell knows what's going on in the the AFC North? <laughs> Everybody's still tied, right? Every everybody lost. Cleveland lost. Pittsburgh, well, Pittsburgh lost essentially. <laughs> Baltimore, <laughs> Pittsburgh kissed their own sister. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they, yeah. they were doing their absolute best to lose. Oh, that was a ter- I was just, yeah, I, I watched too much of it, too much of that game. And I didn't actually watch all that much of it. So it was a slow motion train wreck. It was, it was difficult to look away, but not a pleasant sight. <laughs> uh, they couldn't tackle. They made, they made the Lions oh, running backs look like Barry Sanders. It was crazy. The Lions couldn't yeah. do anything wrong. They just hand the ball off here. Take it. Run. Pittsburgh Steelers playing pinball with him. I will say, in spite of uh, the not particularly gaudy stat line, uh, I did think that Tua looked good in his time on the field. Yeah, yeah he looked okay. Given given four quarters, I don't know what he would have done, but in his moment, he looked like the right guy for the job and and was doing it reasonably well. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Will. That's, that's such a weird situation. It was a very strange, strange um, scene on Thursday night when essentially, like, uh, he comes in for what we thought would be a few plays um, until Brissett you know, shook off his injury or whatever. It didn't look like Brissett was injured badly. He goes out for a few plays. He warms up. He loosens up. He stretches. Okay, helmet back on. Runs over to coach. I'm ready to go back in, coach. And coach says, no, no, no it's okay. You're, you're good. Sit down. Like, I, it's starting to feel kind of desperate in Miami. Like, Flores, This is the, the, these are the types of things coaches do when they feel their seat, their 
their seat warming up. Right. This has always been my my criticism of Brian Flores as much as I love the man is I think he's not done a great job handling Miami's quarterback situation with Tua at all. Like they drafted Tua and as early as his middle of his rookie season last year, yeah. there were questions about whether or not he was the guy for them or they should stick with Fitz, right? So right. like from the very beginning, I have been knocking Flores on his, I think, poor handling in general, the quarterback situation. Yeah. And it's like, how, how do you expect to like the reason that Tua was a healthy scratch or a healthy ish scratch coming off injury, like to start this game instead of starting outright is because you, you know, wanted to kind of, I guess, fight for this weekend to kind of see if you can't win today. But then it's like you then still have your rookie quarterback or your rather your, your uh, high drafted quarterback that you're putting in there. So it's like, okay, you're trying to make us believe that you believe in this guy, but you're also not playing him so that we could win today. So which is it? Like, do you believe in him or not? Like, who's our right. guy, coach? Like, seriously, if I'm a player right. in Miami, I'm like, what the. Is it should we play with Tua or are we just sitting around until Deshaun comes? If we are, then why am I still here? Like, why am I? It's just a little weird. Like, yeah. Oh, you got the wind knocked out of you. You're injured. Tua, you're in. Oh, no. Now, now you're actually in. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it was, yeah. It's very indecisive as to which quarterback it is. And I agree with you, Phil. Like, when, when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback, you need to uh, support him and build his confidence and, you know, give him all of the support and tools to be able to grow and develop into that. Like, give him a real fighting chance to become that franchise quarterback because they don't come into the league ready to go. And and I do agree. You kind of, I feel like you almost just have one shot at it to say, okay, development has been enough. Now's your shot. Yeah take it and and there's no take backs there's no like oh here start half a season no oh, i'm gonna sit you for half a season oh maybe we'll start this other guy and then put you in halfway and uh, i think that's detrimental to the whole developmental yeah. process i think it's detrimental to the locker room guys need to know that there's a vision that there's a plan that this is going according to plan and this waffling back and forth just feels like there's no plan at all. Nobody knows how to yeah. evaluate the guys yeah. on the field. And I mean, honestly, it feels like Flores knows that he's on the hot seat and his job's probably um, in jeopardy. And he, he's probably out as head coach at the end of the season. And so he's not he's even flailing. really. Yeah, he's flailing and he's not even really thinking about next year, or the year after or to his development. He's just trying to win some games to keep his job. Right. Anyways. All right, Tampa Bay lost to Washington. What happened? Other than just Tampa Bay laid an egg. And well, well, I like uh, Bruce Arians' quotes after the yeah. game. <laughs> We're a dumb football team. Right. <laughs> um, he was not impressed. Uh, he he did not mince words. He very specifically called out Tom As Brady. He very rarely does. Yeah, and, and he called out Tom Brady and he said, no, it wasn't the receivers. He made those mistakes. And I got to say, I tend to agree with him. Uh, I'm, I don't think that happens frequently. Uh, and, and I think Tom will bounce back uh, with a vengeance. But um, in this week, he did not have a good game. What do you think, Phil? Uh, I think I'm with you there. I think uh, the fact that they've now dropped two straight games on either end of their bye to me is a little startling. Um, and I think, yes, Tommy hasn't played the sharpest football the past two games, but also what this tells me is that this much ballyhooed kind of Bucks defense going into the season is a lot more suspect than we thought. And it's a, I think it's I think the problems are a lot more widespread than just the you know suspect secondary, which was always the weak spot I think of this defense even going into the season. I think it's they're so ag aggressive and opportunistic for the ball that they're very sloppy on like the actual kind of tackling and, you know, uh, fundamentals of defense, I guess, in a sense. So like, it, it's interesting kind of watching them not live up to their high billing and their Super Bowl pedigree. Uh, so I really think that that's the, th the main thing that I'm taking away from these games is like, man, like, yeah, Tommy, Tommy's not playing great, but that defense is doing them no favors either. Yeah, and, and one thing that I was noticing was uh, Antonio Gibson did not have a super productive day in terms of, you know, average yards per carry or anything. He, he had a 2.7 yards average. 
but when it counted, when they needed yards, Washington was able to exert their position on the line of scrimmage and get him into the end zone. Uh, and yeah, I was going to say it was felt funny. like it felt like watching him that he was running well. So surprised, I guess, is what you would call me that he he only averaged two point seven yards per carry. I feel like it's because when it counted, they could get the yards. Yeah, and and that's a big deal. I don't I don't care if a running back averages one and a half yards a carry if I know every time I get into you know three yards for a first down or three yards for a touchdown, I can count on him to get those yards. Uh, I'll take that any day. All right. So here's my hot take. Tom Brady's old. He's losing a step. (laughs) Doesn't, doesn't quite have have as much zip on the ball. (laughs) How many times have we said that? (laughs) How many times have we heard that hot take in what the past 12 years at this point? Super hot take. Super hot take. (laughs) All right. Enough of that. Moving on. Carolina kills Arizona. I mean, this case, so technically this is an upset. But Arizona is starting their backup quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't playing. Like, I mean, uh, that's still the same recipe that whooped the Niners a week ago, right? I know. It's not like they're a bum team. I just think, to your point, it is surprising to me, this shows that Carolina is a little fiercer than we thought they were. It looks like this kitten's got its claws back in a sense. Like now that they've removed the wet blanket that seems to have been Sam Darnold kind of smothering the show, it seems that like I think so. I think they're on a winning streak now. Like you can't. The, they've won what three games in a row? I think three or four games. They're they're on a streak similar to the Patriots. Like they're, they're winning games. They're tying some some dubs together. So to me, it's um it's it shows that like they're they're getting some energy back in in, the, in that organization. So uh yeah, I don't think this is a fluke and. Uh, I was seeing someone today talking about like Carolina should be contending for the NFC South. I think that's a little uh, extreme. They're still uh, two games back on the Bucks. And I think the Bucks have a lot of choking to do before they get up uh, control the NFC South. Yeah. But I think Carolina is uh, a little more viable than they were even a week or so ago. So definitely, uh, give we'll see what Cam looks like. We'll see what Cam looks like after sitting on his couch for you know the better part. Uh, of he wasn't sitting. He two was two and a half months. He yeah. was working, you know, Cam. He was getting up live, at five a.m. Live drills, yeah, live drills, getting hit. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll uh, see how long he lasts before he, you know, he's out with a torn labrum. <laughs> uh, I'll say it too, with regards to uh, Cardinals. Uh, there's a little bit of a pace of the game issue to me here because Carolina came out and smacked them in the mouth. They had 17 points in the first quarter. And Arizona fell away from some of the stuff that I think they need to do to win games. Uh, they only gave James Conner 10 carries on the whole right. game. Right. And their recipe to beating got... the Niners the week before was handing James Conner the ball and running the ball down their throat against the Niners. Porous and poor rush defense all game. That's it. And so I think that's, would have been my kind of tact if I was coaching the Cardinals there. doesn't matter if there's 17 points. No, we're going to run it. We're going to run it and we're going to run it hard because we've got backup quarterbacks and, you know, half our receiving uh, starting receiving cores off the field. So, uh, you know, know. most coaches, most coaches do not have the patience and discipline of a Bill Belichick who just sticks to the game plan and chips away until you, until they, they, claw their way back into it you know you get down 17 points and you start to panic like you got to throw the ball with colt mccoy <laughs> and, and, and then start putting chris strevler on the field and it didn't go well <laughs> former former blue bombers quarterback in shocking there. <laughs> yeah great <Woo-hoo. laughs> all right um but yeah welcome back cam uh that was fun that was cool to see. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see him do well. Maybe there's a little emotional boost for that team through the rest of the season. I don't know. Definitely that fan base. Yeah. He is an emotion guy. He is. He is. He plays better when he feels loved and 
<laughs> like, and I'm just yeah, I'm excited to see what he's like. Honestly, like after spending a year in the in the Belichick kind of tutelage under his wing, like every even Bill said once uh, Cam was leaving that it was never an issue about whether or not Cam could do it. It was just more if he'd be distraction for Mac as the backup, right? It's it was never a question of his working yeah. either. It was always kind of is he a long term you know solution? So I really think he's yeah. in a lot of maturing in his one year kind of sabbatical in New England. So maybe I back. hope not too much. Honestly, I hope not too much. He's Cam is better when he's he's free to emote. Yes, right. But, and New England control, is like, but under control. New England is like the land of zero emotion. I think it's forbidden there. You're not allowed to emote <laughs> anything ever until like, we're winning. Super we do not Bowl. have feelings. We are robots. Do your job and do it well. Right. At least in Carolina, he can put his cape back on and <laughs> truck some guys. <laughs> Okay, Detroit Pittsburgh. This is the last one. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up after this. We're gonna end on a high note. <laughs> Pittsburgh and yeah. Detroit, the worst game Jesus. of the weekend. It was terrible. These were the two most useless teams on the field this weekend. And it felt Golf like was everyone's trying, brutal. trying to lose. Everybody. Instead of the other way around. Yeah. I texted and, and you guys honestly, during that game, didn't I? And I said Goff's yeah. stat line is right now is like four for eight and eleven yards, and it was like the end of the second quarter. I mean, he yeesh. he was god awful. But I, honestly, I, I think I put even more uh, kind of hate on on the Steelers for this one because to me they should be better, and yeah. and they were playing down to the lions in every possible way. Every time the lions gave them an opening, gave them an opportunity, gave them field position, they turn around and give the ball back or do something stupid. And it was, it was tough to watch. It was pretty depressing. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they, they handed the, the lions an out and being the first ever Owen 17 team. <laughs> Well, not to just head off for being the, the first team to go 0-16 twice. And I honestly think yeah. there should be a rule, the NFL should institute, where if you as an ownership group uh, oversee two winless seasons, you need to be compelled to sell the team. I don't think any <laughs> any fan base deserves that kind of suffering from one ownership group. And I think that is just, at that point, reckless incompetence. And I get it. The, uh, the Lions are a family affair. But for love of God, please, the people of Detroit deserve so much better than them. I don't understand it. I honestly, I don't get it. How are they that bad? It's because the ownership is horrible. perennially, literally. Like the the, the, the talents to but, have to go from zero and eight for, from zero and sixteen one year. But then, ownership, yeah. like, how hard is it to own an NFL team? You just hiring the most useless staff. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I, well, they also actively have gotten rid of coaches that were doing good. Uh, cough, yeah. Jim Caldwell, cough. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just anyway. I, I think the NFL should uh, bring in relegation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send them to the AFL or the Canada. I remove certain teams from the league. You go play in a well. You know, this different is different league is, for a couple of years. So see if you can come back. Okay, here, hear me out. I'm going to go on a little bit of a side street here, a little bit of a rant. But we heard this week that that I guess at the owners' meeting they were talk, talking expansion and they were throwing around a few spots for expansion. San Antonio, St. Louis came up again, which seems really hilarious. They just took a team away from St. Louis, and now they're talking about going back there. Uh, London, obviously, London, England, and uh, they mentioned Toronto. I mean, we could do a whole episode on this, but if you wanted to do relegation, if they put a team in Toronto, the the Canadian Football League is dead, right? That's just going to kill the league. So... Roll the Canadian football sign up. There's a partnership somewhere in here where the Canadian football league becomes the B league. And if you suck so much in the NFL, you get relegated to the Canadian league. (laughs) (laughs) I would open the door for it. I mean, I'd be totally, I mean, the Canadian game would have to evolve, but if evolving means surviving, then I think I'd be fine with that. Right. So, I mean, you could probably get a Toronto team in the NFL. Expanded a couple, you know, expanded by four more teams. You got 36 teams in the league. And then, you know, you got a bunch of teams in Canada as well that <laughs> that are relegated. 
Unfortunately, anyway. the way the way the CFL goes, uh, there'd be a few seasons there, and then Toronto would get relegated. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it would just end up and being the lose CFL their again. Biggest market. <laughs> it would just be the CFL again. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, that's awesome. I think. Uh, okay, one more quick quick run around the tables. Anybody else have anything else they uh, they want to drop out there before we uh, sign off? I don't know whether there's nope. much to say. I don't know. I, Minnesota had a good game. Chargers didn't really. Uh, but both those teams have kind of been up and down. So not sure that really told us anything about either team. Yeah, we didn't Maybe. mention them, but I, I kind of agree with you. We thought, you know, Minnesota's the best bad team in the league. They just keep losing close games. And the Chargers looked great at the beginning of the season and have kind of cooled off and, you know, regressed to the, the mean, as they say, uh, and, yeah. and look more like what we've come to expect from them in seasons past where they're good, they should be better, but they just aren't quite putting it all together. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on them through the rest of the season. Okay. And, and uh, while we're recording right now, we've got uh, an interesting game going on in the background. The uh, 49ers are up. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> Let's finish on a, on a high note. <laughs> My 49ers are currently killing the Los Angeles Rams. And I hope I didn't speak too soon, knock on wood, but uh, we're halfway through the game. So 24 to 7 going into the half. A okay with me. <laughs> Come back to the edges, folks. Stay tuned. Yeah, that's it. So, what is that? That's uh, well, okay. So, two out of the three teams that are um, that came into the week with seven wins lost, or sorry, three, three out of the four. Yeah, Green Bay so... won. Green Bay was, I think, Green Bay and Tennessee were the two that yeah. had seven wins that yeah. moved forward, but. Uh, we certain, certainly didn't get a whole lot more clarity after this week in the NFL. <laughs> uh, muddy the waters. Yeah, there's still got a massive law jam where anyone could win any week and we have no idea who's headed to the playoffs. So it's awesome. Well, stay tuned. It's awesome. Yeah. It's great. This is why it's the greatest league in the world. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. Another great week. Appreciate you, your input, and. Uh, We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, fellas. See you then. Okay. Take it easy, boys. <laughs>